Well, if you don't have your Bible with you this morning, you can find a pew Bible and turn to page 551, as we'll be reading from the book of Matthew, the first chapter. Matthew chapter 1, we'll be reading verses 18 through 25 as the text of the arrival of the king in Pastor Bruce's series, The Advent of the King. So, as we read from our passage this morning, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus." for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for sending your son to be uh, born and to be our uh, sin substitute, our Savior. And Lord, ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to learn what you would have us to learn from Pastor Bruce and be with him as he brings the message from your word this morning. And may we just draw closer to you and, uh, and be more devoted and dedicated to you uh, this time of season. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, in most cases... The announcement of a baby's birth is wonderful news. I can still remember when Tyler was born, and then Jack was born, and how you, you share that news with family and friends. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of rejoicing. And uh, it's, it's a worthy time to get excited and to let people know what has transpired in your life. Even the announcement that a wife is now pregnant with child, even that news is worthy to be celebrated. But the announcement of Jesus' birth to Joseph and Mary was anything but wonderful news. It was a supernatural interruption by God in a rather large way. A little boy had a part in a Christmas play at his church in which he was to recite some verses from the Bible about the, the birth of Jesus Christ. And so to jog his memory, he wrote the verses on little pieces of paper and then pinned them to various places on his clothing and underneath his shirt and inside his pants and whatnot. The evening of the play came and his memory was serving him quite well. He began quoting from the prophet Isaiah, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Just then a cell phone went off in the audience. That would never happen here, though. <laughs> Thrown off by the interruption, the boy forgot what was next. And so he started again, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and his name shall be called. But the interruption had kind of just caused him to lose his train of thought, so he tried again. To us a child 
is born. To us a son is given, and his name shall be called. And he still had no success, so he decided to move to his fallback position. He confidently began again. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and his name shall be called. And then looking into the waist of his pants, he finished the verse, fruit of the loom. Interruptions. Interruptions are not always fun in life. In fact, to be quite honest with you, we, we tend to avoid interruptions at all costs. I don't know too many of us here that enjoy interruptions in life. Life doesn't always play out the way we want, does it? Christmas is supposed to be, as the song says, the most wonderful time of the year, the hap, hap, happiest season of all, but for many people, Christmas is anything but wonderful and happy because God has interrupted their lives. True, most of, most of our interruptions are minor, such as the phone solicitor calling at dinner time or the cable going out in the middle of the KU basketball game or your favorite college team. Or going out this afternoon as the Chiefs beat the Raiders, that would be a, quite an interruption. But sometimes when God interrupts, it's, it's a major ordeal in life, such as a sickness, a divorce, finances, and even the death of a loved one. And we shouldn't be surprised by all this, because our God is a God of interruptions. This very word, interrupt, it's, it's a... It's an interesting word. It comes from two Latin words that means to, to break into. And that is exactly what our God likes to do in life. He likes to break into our lives. Most of us are people with very full schedules. We, we often think that our security is, is in our plans, our routines, our calendars, and in, the, and in the control that we imagine we have over situations and circumstances around us. And so what we do, we tend to develop these neatly planned, tightly wrapped, well-ordered lives, and we think that our sufficiency will be in these things. But then come the interruptions, because God is a God of interruptions. And that's what God does. He interrupts our lives. In fact, notice this in your notes coming up on the screen. The arrival of Jesus Christ as the King Jesus' birth was a, a glorious and gracious interruption of God breaking into our lives. Think about it. Christmas is all about God breaking into neatly planned, tightly wrapped, well-ordered lives and doing something new. That first Christmas, God became flesh. And as the Apostle John tells us in 1 John, he became flesh and he dwelt among us. I like the, the parallel translations. He pitched his tent among us. That's an interruption. That's God breaking into our world. Theologians call this the, the incarnation. And that's simply a term that means to, to take on human flesh, to, to be born as a human. We all look to the Christmas season to be a, a time of peace on earth and joy to the world and a time without an interruption and turmoil. And, but that first Christmas was not that way. It was a major interruption to say the least. 
And what I want us to do this morning is to, to look at God's interruption in the life of Joseph and Mary and then see what we can learn to our own lives, what we can learn for us in application when God interrupts our lives even today. In fact, there's three principles that I want to highlight, emphasize for us here this morning. When God breaks into your life, when He interrupts it, and the first principle is this. God chooses you intentionally. He chooses you intentionally. Notice how God chose to interrupt Joseph and Mary. In Matthew chapter 1, looking at verse 18 again, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Joseph and Mary were betrothed. Somewhat like our modern-day version of an engagement to be married. And like Christmas, engagements are supposed to be a magical time in one's life. But it was during this very time that a significant interruption came along. God chose to interrupt their wedding plans with a baby. And not just any baby, but the Son of God. No doubt this interruption maxed out Joseph's margins and fractured any hope Mary had for her future wedding. Isn't it interesting, though, of all the Jewish couples in the world, God chose Joseph and Mary to be the earthly parents of his son Jesus. Do you think this was an accident? Do you think just God randomly picked this couple, played any, meeny, miny, mo, or just drew them out of a hat? Oh, yeah, Joseph and Mary, they're the ones to be my adoptive parents for my son. Do you think that's how it played out? No way. God never looked for someone of public notoriety. God chose two people from the shadows of anonymity. Joseph and Mary didn't choose this interruption for themselves, but God purposely chose them. If left up to them, they would have never chosen this interruption in life. In fact, if left up to us, who of us here chooses an interruption? I mean, think about it. When's the last time you cried out to God and prayed, God, go ahead and make my day. Interrupt me. Just give me the most life-jolting interruption you've got, God. Who prays that kind of prayer? God not only chose Joseph and Mary on purpose, but more significantly, God chose Joseph and Mary for a purpose. A very significant purpose. Look at this in your notes here. God's purpose for Mary and Joseph was for Mary to be the virgin mother and Joseph to be the adoptive father of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, do you think Joseph and Mary understood God's purpose in the beginning of all this? I'm sure neither one of them understood what God was doing at first. Although it seems from Luke's account that Mary had a better understanding of God's purpose than what Joseph did. And I think the same can be said of us. Oftentimes we don't understand the very purposes of God's interruptions in the beginning when they happen. And that's why we need to remember that God always, always, always has a purpose for everything. Even the interruptions in our lives whether they're minor or whether they're major. Listen, God chooses you intentionally and on purpose 
and for a purpose, whether we understand that purpose or not. The second principle we need to remember when God interrupts your life is God challenges you then with a choice. He challenges you with a choice. We're told in Luke chapter 1 that the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her that she would miraculously conceive and give birth to Jesus Christ. What joyful news. And yet, what interruption. Now, pretend you're married just for a moment with me. Imagine this. How would you explain your pregnancy to Joseph? Ladies, how would you do that? I mean, do you think Joseph would believe you? And if he did, would he be willing to take on that responsibility? You see, the challenge we face when God interrupts our lives is, is how we choose to respond to that very interruption. Again, we know from Luke that Mary chose to accept God's interruption as the virgin mother of Jesus. Mary told Gabriel in Luke 1.38, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. In fact, she goes on to sing these words in verses 46 through 48. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. So Mary accepts the interruption. She doesn't understand it all. It's a mystery to her, but she accepts it. But how does Joseph respond to this interruption that impacts his life? Well, put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a moment here. You're a young man in love. And suddenly, your, your wife-to-be turns up pregnant, and you only know one thing for sure. You're not the father. The conversation between Joseph and Mary must have ended with Joseph feeling somewhat betrayed. And Mary feeling hurt because he didn't believe her. So what was Joseph to do? Well, notice his response in Matthew 1, verses 19 through 21. It says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to part her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, Joseph had an initial reaction to this interruption. In fact, notice his first initial reaction was to divorce Mary privately. Given the circumstances, Joseph's reaction to divorce Mary, I would submit to you, is completely understandable. Joseph and Mary were betrothed, which is much more binding than our modern-day version of an engagement. In fact, for all legal purposes, a betrothal was considered as if married except that you could not live together until the wedding ceremony took place. And so under Jewish law, under Jewish customs here, if your spouse was unfaithful during this betrothal period, you had the right to divorce. 
Joseph knew. He knew within his heart that he had not slept with Mary. So in his mind, her pregnancy meant one thing and one thing only. Infidelity on Mary's part. Now can you imagine then how Joseph must have felt about all this? I'm sure he felt angry. I know if I were him, I would feel confused. I would feel embarrassed and even disappointed. I can only imagine what Joseph must have said to Mary. Mary, I mean, how could you, Mary? How could you do this to me and to us, our future? You were betrothed to me. You were going to get married to me. I was going to build a little house for us in Nazareth. Mary, how could you do this? Why would you do this? Joseph just couldn't buy her story about a, a virgin conception. As much as he loved her and wanted to be with her, there was nothing to do but to divorce her. And I think Joseph cried probably harder that day than any day in his life. According to Jewish law, Joseph even had the right to have Mary stoned to death for her infidelity. And yet, because Joseph, the Bible tells us, was a, a righteous man, did not want to harm Mary, he didn't even want to humiliate her, Joseph would simply divorce her privately, we're told. This was his initial reaction when God interrupted his life in a, in a dramatic way. But what a mistake it would have been to respond in this manner. So why was this now his initial response? Why did he want to respond in this way? Well, notice this. His reaction was based simply on his fears. We know this was the case because the very first words the angel says to Joseph are, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take what? To do what? The angel says to Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Joseph was simply reacting like so many of us tend to react to interruptions. Think about it. Why do we react the way we do to interruptions? Because our reaction is based on fears and feelings. It's based on the unknown, things we don't understand, things that are out of our control. And if we're not careful... Our reaction to an interruption can send us down a wrong path. Joseph almost responded in a way that sent him down the wrong path because of his fears and his feelings. Now, can you imagine what Joseph would have missed out on if he had followed through on his fears and his feelings? So often an interruption can bring on a, a knee-jerk reaction. We make decisions that if we were simply better informed, we would never make. And that's why we must be careful that we don't react according to fears and feelings when God interrupts our lives because we might be making a very serious mistake. And that's why the third principle when God interrupts our lives is God charges you to act in faith. He charges you to act in faith. As much as Joseph loved Mary, he struggled to believe her story. And guys, I mean, how many of us would struggle the same way? Can you imagine your fiancé explaining to her, you, 
her virgin birth, her virgin conception, I mean. I mean, who's going to believe that? He was having a difficult time understanding how Mary could be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And so God speaks to Joseph in a dream to help him understand a little bit better this interruption. You know, I love this about our Lord, about God here. In this particular story, in this particular interruption with Joseph, he met Joseph at the point of his need at exactly the right moment in his life. God told him the one thing he needed to hear, he wanted to hear. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And then God tells Joseph through the angel, she will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, does God explain everything? No. God explains just enough and nothing more. Joseph is not told how Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And to this very day, it remains one of the greatest mysteries of the Christian faith. There's no doubt about it. It is a mystery that we accept by faith because we believe the Word of God to be true. So how did Joseph respond to what he is now told by God by an angel in a dream? Notice his act of faith in verses 24 and 25. It says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now I would submit to you that this is Joseph's finest hour. Joseph here, he is just a simple carpenter by trade. But he is a man who acts in faith. One pastor wrote these words about Joseph. Listen to what he says. When he crawls out of bed, he rushed to obey the command. The language used implies urgency. There is no argument, no rationalization, and no hesitation. What we see in Joseph is an amazing model of obedience to the Lord. And so instead of reacting in fear, what we see here in these very verses is that Joseph responded in faith. He responds in faith by first taking Mary as his wife. Breaking all Jewish customs, Joseph immediately takes Mary to be his wife, thus protecting her reputation. He lovingly cares for her through the final months of her pregnancy. Joseph responded in faith number two by waiting till Mary gave birth to consummate their marriage. You may be wondering, well, what's the big deal about that? Why is that so important? Well, it's important because he's protecting Mary's virginity here in order to fulfill the very prophecy of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 that says Jesus will be born of a virgin. And then third, Joseph responded by faith by naming Mary's firstborn son, Jesus. You see, by naming the baby, Joseph is now exercising a father's right and what he's doing here is he is officially taking Mary's son into his family as his own legal son, which takes us back now to the genealogy of Jesus. 
And although Jesus was a very common name in Jewish culture, let me tell you, this was no common baby. Jesus was born so that he could die for the sins of the world. Now, as we kind of step back from this story here, a, a story that is so familiar to all of us, as we step back to it for just a moment here, and as we think about this very interruption on that first Christmas in the life of Joseph and Mary, let me ask us a question. Is God trying to interrupt your life this Christmas? Maybe he already has. You know, it's so easy to come to the Christmas season here and kind of just approach Christmas as business, as usual kind of event. We go to church. We decorate the tree in the house. We buy the presents. We wrap the presents. We open up the presents. We'll watch a few Christmas movies. We'll listen to some Christmas music. And we go to... Oh, at least maybe one party or family get together or a friend's house, whatever the case may be. But what if, what if we allowed ourselves to be interrupted by God? Listen to what Henry Nguyen once said. I used to think that interruptions got in the way of my work until I realized that interruptions were my work. Listen, when God interrupts your life, let me, let me encourage you to respond in faith and not fear, even if you can't see the end from the beginning. And perhaps you're thinking about now, well, how is this possible, Bruce? How can I do that? Listen, it's possible because of who makes the difference in our interruptions. Look at this in your notes. Who makes the difference in our interruptions? Listen, God makes the difference in our interruptions through the gift of his son, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Look what it says again in verses 22 and 23. Now all of this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel which is translated God with us. Jesus is the very presence of God with us. He comes to live with us and in us. Jesus is the one who makes the difference in our lives, especially when God interrupts our lives. Listen, there are interruptions that God does. He breaks into our lives, and there is no possible way that we can deal with those interruptions on our own. And yet, how many of us try to deal with those interruptions all in our own power, with our own human wisdom, and we approach it from what we think is best? And at the end of it, we're depleted, we're burned out, and we're just grabbing at straws, we're hanging on by a rope. When God never intended us to face those interruptions on our own, by ourselves. He has given us the very gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, to help us face these interruptions, to help us deal with them, to, to bring faith to them. Instead of fear, God has given us His gift 
of Jesus Christ. Let me offer to you as we close three words to remember when God interrupts your life. Three words to remember when he interrupts. The first word is prayer. The first thing you do when God interrupts your life is sometimes we just need to stop. We need to stop and pray. Because I don't know about you, but here's what I found in my own life. When an interruption comes, I, I just want to keep going. Why? Because I got my schedule. I got my agenda. I got things I got to do, Lord. Things got to be done at this moment, at this time. And so what we do is we just kind of pull our, the boots up by our bootstraps and we just plug it through, we plug on, and we persevere. And there's some good to all that, but sometimes the first thing we need to do when an interruption comes is we just need to stop in life and pause and pray. And invite God into the situation. I love what the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 4.16. Therefore, let us come boldly through the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And most of our interruptions are a time of need. And the writer here is begging us and telling us, that we can approach the very throne of grace in our time of need and ask for his grace and his mercy. Pray for guidance, pray for courage, pray for grace, but pray because God will help you in the midst of your interruption. The second word to remember when God interrupts your life is perspective. Perspective. The key to handling an interruption is to get God's take on it. Is to put the interruption in proper perspective. Remember, Joseph's perspective on Mary's pregnancy was leading him down a wrong path until he got God's perspective on the situation. And by the way, God doesn't always give his perspective immediately. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes we have to put into practice what the writer of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Because in the moments of interruptions, what do we tend to do? We lean on what I think about it, how I view it from my human perspective, and what makes logical sense to me. And that is the very moment we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but do the opposite, and in all your ways, simply acknowledge God. God, this is you breaking into my life, and you're doing it on purpose, for a purpose that I don't know about yet, I don't understand yet, but I'm going to trust you all the way through it. And he will make your path straight. In other words, he will give you direction. He will clear away the obstacles so that you can continue to live for him. The third word is providence. Keep in mind that God in His providence is still in control of your life. Listen, He is sovereign. He has authority over all things, including your life and the interruptions that He brings to your life. And so nothing happens in your life that, doesn't, that God doesn't already know about. 
That familiar verse in Romans 8.28 where the Apostle Paul writes, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. So remember, when God interrupts our lives, He oftentimes wants to do something significant. And sometimes, you know what? He just wants to redirect our lives in a new and positive way. This was true in Joseph and Mary's life. Their plans were interrupted. But oh, what an interruption it was. Can you imagine a more wonderful privilege or a more challenging responsibility than to be the very parents of the Son of God? The direction, no doubt about it. The direction their future took was certainly not what they had planned. But it was so much better. Have you ever considered that God could do that kind of thing in your life? Not that you would be made the parents of the Son of God. I'm not suggesting that. But that God would take what seems to be an interruption, an unforeseen problem, and use it to set your life on a new and better path. Whatever interruption you may be facing right now, why not look at it in a different light and ask yourself, God, God, are, are you using this interruption to do something great in my life? or to redirect my life in a new way. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the poem, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. In fact, it's been made into a, a beautiful Christmas song as well, or at least by the same title. But you may not be as familiar with the circumstances surrounding how the poem was written. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was filled with sorrow at the tragic death of his wife in a fire in 1861. The Civil War broke out that same year, and it seemed this was an additional punishment. Two years later, Longfellow was again saddened to hear his own son had been seriously wounded as a lieutenant in the Army of the Potomac. And so sitting down at his desk one Christmas day, he heard the church bells ringing, and it was in that setting, in this circumstances, that he wrote these words. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fell, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. In this Christmas season, 2013, whether your interruption is one of sorrow, whether it is one of joy, you can know that God is not dead, as Henry Wadsworth writes, nor does he sleep. Listen, God knows every need and he longs to comfort you through the gift of his son, Emmanuel. 
whatever interruption you may be experiencing this Christmas, there is one thing you can do. You can stop and give thanks for the gift of Emmanuel. And as you praise and as you thank God, you can know that God is with you through His Son, Jesus Christ, when He interrupts your life. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. And it's hard, to be quite honest with you, Lord, to be grateful for interruptions. In our human nature, Lord, we, we want to avoid interruptions at all costs. And yet, Lord, from this very story, we learn that you oftentimes use interruptions to do a new thing in our lives, to redirect our lives for something better that you're leading us to. And so, Lord, I pray that we would submit to you as our Heavenly Father and submit to the interruptions that you bring to us. Lord, oftentimes we do not understand them. They do not make sense to us at the moment. And Lord, that is when we need to trust you all the more. And so help us to overcome our fears with faith in you. And help us to walk through these interruptions, not on our own or by ourselves, but through the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And the gift of your Spirit and your people as well. And Lord, help us to, to do so over time where we then can look back and see, oh, what a gracious and glorious God you are. Just as we look back at the birth of your Son, as a glorious and gracious interruption of breaking into our lives to give us the gift of salvation. Lord, I don't know what the needs are of every person here, but I'm sure they, there are many who are experiencing interruptions even now. And so as we come to this time of responding to you, I pray that your word would go forth, your spirit, and you would work in our hearts. And I pray that we would respond as individuals and we would cry out to you in prayer and ask you to be the God that you need to be to us, to meet our needs where we're at. As the praise team sings, I want to invite you to do just that, to seek him in prayer, to bring your anxiety to him, your fears to him, your interruptions that he has brought to your life and ask him for a faith that overcomes your fears.